We're in our Holy Spirit series, and uh, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you that people come expecting today. Lord, we're ready for what you want to speak to our hearts in these next few moments. I pray that you'll speak to us clearly and let us receive what we need today to go forth in the power and demonstration of your strength, Lord, your word. In Jesus' name, say amen with me. It's so good to have many of you. We've had many guests here today in both services. First service was nearly packed. We've got a good attendance here at our second service. We're in the middle of hot, humid summer, and uh, it's good that we have air conditioning and uh, good that we can worship the Lord. And I'm so thankful that in all this heat, we have air conditioning, we have things like that, we have deodorant, we have all kinds of wonderful things that are godly. Amen. And uh, God, (laughs) well, most of you have deodorant. Anyway, uh, you know, God helped me learn how to receive from him through, uh, through my sons. Um, it's hard for me to believe, but Kathy and I uh, and our family and friends celebrated our oldest son, Reese's 16th birthday last week. That is unbelievable. Yesterday, he was a little guy, and those boys have taught me a lot of lessons. It just seems like yesterday, Reese and Riley were, were kind of like this. L- look at this picture here. <laughs> that was those boys yesterday, seems like. Time just goes fast, don't it, Mom and Dad? And uh, those were some special moments in our little life. That was a Christmas time in our little family room there. And, uh, oh my gosh, that, that just brings back some warm memories. And it don't seem like very long ago. And those little guys, when they were that age, and thank God they still do. They don't do exactly like they did then. But I remember when Reese was just that age, one day he'd come running up to me. And he'd get on my lap, and he'd just dive into me, you know. Did you ever have a kid that just dive into you, you know? And he'd dive into me, and he'd take my big old fat cheeks, and he'd pinch them. And, and he'd squeeze my cheeks, and he'd give me a big kiss right on the lips, you know. And, uh, you know, there's not much in life better than that. When your, when your boy kiss you, and he say, I love, I love you, Dad. I love you, Dad. I hope I'm not embarrassing him right now, but, and uh, man, I said, I love you too, Reese, and uh, we'd have a little squeeze there, and then the next thing out of his mouth was, already at such a young age, could I have a piece of candy, Dad? Man, they learn fast, don't they? And how many want to guess what I did? I gave that to him so fast. Man, I just couldn't wait to download him with some candy, you know. Mom said, easy, easy. And uh, I grabbed him and hugged him and was overjoyed and uh, was thrilled about that. You know, I said that to tell you as we get into this message today, the Holy Spirit, our prayer partner, And thank you for you that have been so kind. And people have talked to me all morning long that this series is meaningful to them and they appreciate it and never heard a series like this. Many people have told me their whole life. Um, But that approach that my four-year-old son Reese had with dad, did you know, I, I don't mean to sound weird, but it seems to work that way with God. 
I don't know if you ever thought about that, but if you check your Bible and see how David prayed, before he'd asked God for anything, it almost seemed sometimes, I mean, maybe I'm not saying this exactly theologically correct, but hear my heart. It would almost seem like David would kind of butter God up a little bit. He'd, he'd like butter him up a little bit, you know. He'd say, Thou art the God who made the heavens and the earth. He would say things like, Oh Lord, how excellent you are. You're the God who made it all. You know, you almost feel like God saying, Yeah, that's me. He, David would say, How great thou art. Elijah, when he prayed, he would say, Thou art the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. These guys told God how good he was. I, I thought about that this week, and I thought, Do we take the time, like Reese, who in the back of that little four-year-old mind has got candy on the brain? But he knows, I better not hit dad up right away. I better first tell him how much I love him. You know, I need to hug my dad. Dad seems to respond when I hug on him, when I love him and tell him how much he means to me. You know, I thought about that this week. I thought, do we realize that God created us to love him and to have relationship with him? And sometimes I wondered... Do we understand the need that we have and the need that God has, I believe, in some kind of way? I mean, not that God won't make it on his own. God's God, and he, I guess he will make it without us. But he created us because he wanted to have a love relationship with us. And sometimes I felt like maybe I needed to come by this morning and say, have you went to God and just told him how awesome he is and that you love him? lately and when we talk about prayer and we talk about talking to God these guys knew how good God was in the Bible and they reminded him of what he had done and how he had done it even in there's one place in the Bible where, where God was angry with the children of Israel actually many times he was angry with them. One time he said, I'm going to kill him. And Moses said, God, you can't do that. That's not how you are. That's not like you. And God didn't kill him. Our text today is Romans 8, 26, 27, and 28. By the way, we start Romans 8, 1 this Wednesday in our series on the book of Romans. We're having a great time of worship and teaching of God's word on Wednesdays. Our, our services, our attendance is growing. We have blueprints for belief happening right now. Uh, ministries for all the kids. People that want to come early from 5.30 to 6.15 or so. We have supper, sandwiches, and salads. A wonderful time. I enjoy eating out in the fellowship hall and getting to see many of you. That's kind of like my church family time. And then 6.30 begins our service, and we've got you going out the door by 8 or before. And we have a great time, and I invite for you that don't know about that service, we call that our family night. And we're in the book of Romans. But today I wanted to go back to Romans in this message in Romans 8, 26, 27, and 28. Because this, these verses are mistaught so many times in the church. And I want to bring some clarification for you. And it reads this. Let me read it to you. In the same way the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should... 
But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. How do we receive answers from the Lord? I think that question has been on all of our hearts and minds at some point in our life. How do we receive answers from the Lord? I hope to answer that question in a very profound way today that will help us in our walk with God, in our prayer life, as we walk with the Lord. First of all, we must know that prayer is many things, but one thing is prayer is asking God. And I want you to know that prayer is asking the Lord. Thanking God for his goodness and mercy is wonderful prayer, and it's an important prayer. But there's more. Did you know that we're to ask the Lord? I don't know if you think about that, and I don't know what type of prayer life you have or don't have, but the Bible is very clear that we're to ask him. Now, if you're you're like me, right there is one of my problems because... Sometimes I feel like I'm not sure what to ask. Does anybody have that problem at times where you're... Now, I know what to ask if it comes to what I want. I know how to ask God what I want and what I think is best and what I think He should do. But I, you know, I am just smart enough... I mean, I'm not the most bright, but I am just smart enough to realize that my prayers need to be lined up with what God wants for my life and my family. And I need to be asking God prayers that are what He would want for me. But sometimes I don't know exactly what to ask or even how to pray. And I need help. Do you relate? I'm just trying to be so raw and real here to break this open, this thing, and say, God, sometimes I'm not sure how to pray. I know how to pray selfish prayers. I know how to pray prayers of of what I want, my flesh wants. But sometimes, God, to really be dead honest with you, to be very humble, when I pray, sometimes I don't know how to really pray the prayers of faith that, that are what you would want in my life. How can I do that? How can I get my prayers to line up so that I'm praying correctly for my family, for my wife, for my children, for me, for you, the church that the Lord has blessed me to pastor? How can I pray for you appropriately? How can we pray for our jobs and our finances? And how can we pray for even... Things that we need in life. How can we do that right? We say in the courtrooms of our land, we say this praise. We pray the court. The synonym for the word pray there is the word ask. What we're actually doing is asking for something. Today it'd be wonderful if we learn how to get things from the Lord that would be pleasing to Him. Now, there are two times that the word intercede is mentioned in verses 26 and 27 of our text today, but they're not the same words in the Greek. They have two different meanings. And let's just look at it again real quick. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we don't know how to pray. See, all of a sudden, this verse is coming alive to you right now. All of a sudden, oh, 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 
I missed that the first time. In the same way the Spirit helps, who helps in our weakness? Who helps when we don't know how to pray? For we don't know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I'm going to get excited all by myself here because I know what's coming. The second word intercedes here in that verse... The second word in verse 27, intercedes, is derived from two Greek words which mean to plead. Now I'm going to have you look at that two verses one more time from the New Living Translation, the NLT that we love. And it says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. By the way, just hold right there. In words, meaning in words that our natural mind can't always comprehend, our mind of understanding, but we also have our spirit, which our natural mind doesn't always understand, but the spirit does. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the spirit is saying, for the spirit pleads. There's another word for intercedes here. It's different than the other intercede. For the Spirit pleads for us believers. Thank God we have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that is pleading for us in harmony with God's own will. Now folks, station time out here for a second. Break. Station break. I'm just reading to you the Word of God. I've just read to you the Bible. This is not up for vote. It is what it is. It says what it means. It is the Word of God. This is true. This is not some religious spooky thing. This is practical for our lives. What I'm about to share with you today is something that we can take to the bank that is something that the Lord has provided for His own children in our prayer life. That we can pray in a way and connect with God in a way that, that is not possible without the power of His Spirit who intercedes or pleads for us in harmony with God's own will. Now here are some things to note, and we've already shoved them out to you in the app. Many of you have probably already copied and pasted the notes from the app into your Evernotes or your um, whatever you use in your iPad or whatever you use to take notes. Some of you do it the old-fashioned way, like me sometimes, and write it down. But here are a few things that I want you to note down. Number one, we do not know what we need. Now, let's just be real. We don't always know what we need. Amen? We don't know what we need all the time. We think we do. Do we believe what Jesus says in Matthew 18 and 19, who said, I also tell you this, Jesus said this, if the two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. Now, 
what does that scripture mean? Does it mean what it seems like it says at face value? Or do we need to understand this in context? Because if we don't understand this in context, then that could mean that, hey, I'll tell you what, let's two of us guys get together and pray that Pastor Tim is going to receive a GMC Yukon XL Denali today. And we're going to agree together in the name of Jesus. And we're going to come into agreement and it shall happen. And when I walk out that door to head to Roseville, my old Impala is gone. And there is a brand new Yukon XL Denali in metallic pure white. Thank you very much with gray leather interior. Paid for, no, no payments. I mean, that's what it says, right? Agree on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father will do it for you. Whoa! Praise God, amen. I gotta go, you guys. But the scripture doesn't mean that. That's why we have to study. Just reading will miss so much. You see, we don't really know what we need sometimes or what is good for us. If, if I come to the Lord and say, Lord, this is what I want, I may ask for something that would tear me up. Folks, without the presence of God in my life and the Holy Spirit helping me to pray, I could pray a myth. I could pray, I could even be sincere and pray something that would mess my life up. If the Lord, you know, we need to thank God that He don't answer every prayer we pray in the way we want Him to answer it. Now, I, I'm one of those that believe I'm one of those that believe He does answer prayer. He just always doesn't answer the way we want Him to. Sometimes, if we're not praying in the Spirit, and He for sure doesn't answer according to my timetable. He answers on time. The problem is it's his time and not my time. Because sometimes I'm not connected with his timeline. So, I need somebody who knows what I need. So that leads me to the second point I want you to write down. And the question is, who knows what we need? The answer is the Holy Spirit knows what we need. It makes sense to know God's written word because every principle for life is there. Every principle for our life is here. Not every, not every situation that you're going to encounter in life is in this word, but every principle for living is in this word. You see, that's why we need the Logos word, the written word. It's the foundation. And we need the Rhema word. We need the Spirit of God to speak to us Sometimes to give us what we need or use spiritual gifts in our lives through someone else to help us in our journey Let me give you an example I'm ringing just a little Let me give you an example When Kathy and I got ready And felt the Lord was changing our heart to be a pastor We never pastored and quite honestly, I hate to tell you this now I didn't want a pastor my dad pioneered two churches after being saved, and I grew up in a pastor's home, and I thought, I'm going to be a great friend to pastors, and I'm going to go and sing with my sisters and bless pastors and churches, and then bless them and leave them. I'm not hanging around for all the church life. All the real life that happens when people hang together. 
I'm going to come in and sing them happy and say, I sonara. And get on my horse with Ben and ride off into the sunset. And the Lord had different plans. And I remember the Lord beginning to speak to our hearts two years before coming to the Quad Cities. God changing Kathy and I's heart for pastoring. And nowhere in the Bible could I find Tim Bowman. April 16th, 1995, you are to go to Moline, Illinois and start a church in the basement of the Viking Club. Thus saith the Lord, go thou, amen. Now, that would have been nice, right? I couldn't find it. And honest, you guys that have been around here for a while know this part of the story. I prayed this prayer one day. I said, God, if you ever plan in my whole lifetime, if you ever plan on speaking to me audibly, do it now. I want to know that you're calling me to Moline. If you've ever planned to speak to me audibly, God, now would be a great time. I want to know. He didn't. And see, what I'm about to share with you is I believe in not only the Logos word or the written word of God, I believe in a rhema word. I believe in a verbal word that God would speak to the heart of his children, that God could speak. See, God doesn't speak to me audibly, but God would speak to me and I could sense and entertain his presence and, 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 and there would be little ways that he would just bring to me things that he is saying and speaking to me. And then there would be confirmation. And I need confirmation because the Holy Spirit is working through this tent of flesh and this mind that is not 100% renewed. That's why we need confirmations. That's why we need God's people in our lives where we can connect because sometimes if we're left to ourselves. We tell people God said this when God didn't say it. Us Christians, sometimes we can be a little bit spooky, a little weird, and we have to pull back because I believe that God will speak to us about our jobs, about our work, about our finances. He will speak to us, but we need to seek the Lord, and we need to seek body confirmation. I went to my friends and family when Kathy and I finally come out and said, we believe God's speaking to us to leave our business, which was doing the best it had ever done, our traveling ministry, which we were doing so well, lived down in Roseville, had a beautiful home almost paid for, and I was golfing twice a week and singing on the weekends and saying goodbye and back to the golf course and installing a sound system once in a while in a church or a theater. And life was easy and good and I had it all running smooth. And why would you want to change that? Close to my family? And the Lord says, I want you to leave all that. Your business, your traveling, shut it all down. Come up here with a few bucks in your pocket and start a church. And leave your family. And part of me is getting excited about it. There's a part of me that's scared half to death, to be honest. And I'm twixt between the two. Kathy's, whatever you want, honey. Oh, no, don't do that to me. I want you to hear from God, too. That we're in this together. So I began to ask a few of our friends. I, tried, I wanted some confirmations. 
And they all said, no, nah, don't do that. Are you crazy? You've never pastored before. And, you know, well, look what, how God's blessing you. Surely that has to be the Lord. No. And so I'm thinking, okay. And then I, I went back to him and I said, listen, are you just telling me that because that's what's out of your flesh? Or have you went to the Lord and you prayed in the Spirit and heard from God and now you're telling me God does not want you to do that? Immediately they said, oh, no, we haven't done that. We're just telling you what we thought. I said, I don't need to hear what you think. I need to hear what is God saying? What is God saying? So then they took it more serious and they went to pray and some of them fasted for us and we got serious and now confirmations were beginning to come. That we needed to do it. Now, it's pretty easy now, looking back, that we obeyed the Lord. But you've got to understand, there was a day when we had to walk that out by faith. We needed a word from the Lord. Aren't you glad that, I'm not looking for accolades here, to God be the glory. Aren't you glad we obeyed the Lord? Calvary's here. We are here. We're here. The Bible says the Holy Spirit knows, reveals, and activates the nine gifts of His Spirit. Some of those gifts are the gift of knowledge, the gift of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. When these gifts of the Holy Spirit reveal to us our needs, the Bible says that then that the Holy Spirit goes with us to the Father. Now, now. Dial in here for a few moments, and we're going to be done for today, but I got a little bit more. Are you, are you okay for a few minutes? Everybody good? Anybody going to sleep? Knock them one. Because we're doing a little more teaching than preaching here, but I, I want us to get this because this is life-changing. Now follow this. We don't always know what we need, but the Holy Spirit does. And He can reveal what we need. We can pray, Dear Father... I'm coming to you with your Spirit's help because I don't always know my needs. But Romans 8 tells me that your Spirit knows. That leads us to point number three. After we talk about it, the Holy Spirit then goes with us and makes intercession to the Father and He pleads our cause. The Holy Spirit, leave it up there for a moment and let people write. The Holy Spirit knows us better than we know ourselves and can help us receive what we need from the Father. Now this is what happens. Now we go to Psalms 37 and verse 4 on the screen. Take delight in the Lord and He will give you your heart's desires. Now that brings us to point number four. When we get in tune with the Holy Spirit and go to God with the Holy Spirit, God then gives us the desires of our heart. Why is it so important to pray in the Spirit? Some of you are saying, well, I'm not sure I know how to pray in the Spirit. I don't know how to pray with the Holy Spirit or in the Holy Spirit. And you, you pray to God about that and ask Him to help you. You know, I don't want to formulize this so much that we put God in a box and make this cookie-cutter style. But I'm telling you that God's people can pray in the Spirit because the Holy Spirit knows and understands what we need. What does it mean when people say they are praying in the Spirit? Well, let's look at Matthew 18 and 19. 
I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. There it is, that same verse again. Now look at the word agree in that scripture. That little word agree in the Greek means symphonize, which also means to harmonize. You and I need to harmonize with somebody before we ask God what we want from him. Who are we going to harmonize with? Come on, somebody. Who, when we go to God, who do we need to harmonize with before we go to God and we ask the Lord? The Holy Spirit. We harmonize with the Holy Spirit. You and I need to harmonize with somebody before we ask God what we want from Him. Who are we going to harmonize? The answer is the Holy Spirit. As we harmonize with the Holy Spirit, it's for certain that we won't pray for foolish things if we're in harmony with the Holy Spirit. Acts fifteen twenty eight. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these essentials. What is this saying? It's saying we get together and it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and it seemed good to us. That's called harmony. We harmonized as we went to the Father, and that synchronization allowed God's will to be accomplished. When we talk to somebody who needs the Lord, what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit is harmonizing with the Word of God to our family and friends and drawing them to God the Father. When you pray for somebody in the Spirit and you minister life, to them in the spirit and then you begin to talk to them the holy spirit does what the holy spirit does as you're talking about jesus the holy spirit because of the harmony going on is drawing that person to jesus when i'm preaching there are many times even right now some of you right now because we're in harmony with the word of god and his spirit that god is connecting with you and speaking to your heart sometimes he'll be I've had people come up to me after I've preached and said, Pastor, that was so wonderful. I said, what did you get? And they'd tell me what I said, and I said, I never said that. And I realized one day, I didn't verbally say it, but the, when I was preaching the Word of God, the Holy Spirit was ministering what they needed to their heart. Our prayer life can be transformed when we understand that the Holy Spirit is with us when we pray. Now look at verse 27 again of our text, Romans 8. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The word intercede in Romans 8, 26 is a completely different word than the one used in verse 27. The word intercede here means that the Holy Spirit tells God what we forgot to tell him. The Holy Spirit not only takes our needs to the Father, but even tells him what we forgot to tell him. I'm glad for the help. The Holy Spirit, folks, do you get this, is interceding for you and me. The Lord says in Isaiah 65, 20, 24, let me give you a scripture that will just mess with you. Listen to what the prophet Isaiah said way before Jesus came on the scene. Hundreds of years. The Lord said in Isaiah 65, 24 through the prophet Isaiah, I will answer them before they even call to me. I will answer them before they even call to me. What is that talking about? 
The prophet Isaiah was saying there will come a time when not only will the Lord answer, but His answer will precede the petition. Prayer will be the response of God calling us to pray. I'm telling you that there's sometimes if you're like me, I pray out of... There are times in my life when I, to be honest, it's hard to admit this, and it's, it's a little bit humbling to say this, but if it'll help somebody, I'll tell you that even as a pastor, there are times when it's difficult to stop and pray. To get off the horse, the craziness of life, and take time to connect. It's always worth it. It's always wonderful. It's always like, why didn't I do that before now? But there's times when I feel a call, when, I'm, when, when, I, when I inside am called to pray, and there's times when I felt guilty about this or that, and I was, if you're like me, have you ever kind of avoided God so you can get your mess cleaned up a little bit and then go to God? Come on, don't make me feel all alone here. This, this has given me a whole new insight to prayer. This verse and the understanding of the revelation of the prophet Isaiah is saying there's a time when it won't be just me feeling that need to go to God, that God loves me so much and is so connecting with me that God by his spirit will call me to prayer. That means that while I'm busy pastoring, I'm in a meeting, I'm in the shower, or, or I'm mowing the lawn, that all of a sudden the spirit of God within me begins to intercede and pray and calls me to the throne room of God's grace. And I begin to intercede for someone and pray for you. And there's a connection. And, and it's not me trying to find my way to God that I'm telling you that there's a prayer life where God's finding his, his way to you. God's connecting with your heart. God's coming after you. Now the people, who, the people to whom Isaiah wrote never fully appreciated the wondrous offer God made in this statement. It was not until the new creatures in Christ, the new creations in Christ were filled with his spirit at Pentecost And the church was birthed that they could accept and utilize the awesome promise that the Lord had made long before. This is why the message today was entitled, The Holy Spirit, Our Prayer Partner. He prays, listen, he prays with us, he prays for us, and he tells us what we need. He goes with us to the Father. Now some of you are saying, now how does this work, Pastor? Do I pray to God? the Father? Do I pray to the Holy Spirit? Do I pray to Jesus? What? I was thinking about that this week, and I, I want to provide some clarification for you. And I had an awesome talk with my dad this week, and we just dug into this together. And I realized, as I searched through the Bible, now, I'm not saying I've got this nailed in spades, but I could not find in the Bible where anyone prayed to the Holy Spirit. I couldn't find it. I know there's teachings about people praying to the Holy Spirit. There's been books written about that. But when I went to the Bible, I could not find where we actually are to pray to the Holy Spirit. I could find where Jesus, when the disciples asked him, how do we pray? And Jesus said, let me show you how to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven. So I realized that we have a God, a Father God on the throne who we pray to. Now, the only way we can pray to God is through Jesus. Because, think about this, Jesus is the door. 
The Bible says he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. No man comes to the Father, Jesus said, but by me. We have power of authority to use the name of Jesus. So when we pray, we can pray in the name of Jesus. That means that he gave us all authority that he has, and he gave his authority to us that we could pray in his name. So when we approach God, we come through the door, which is Jesus. Now think about that. We can only go to the Father because we have the name. We have the name. The name of Jesus. Now, it works in reverse as well. How does God look at us? See, think about this. God looks at us through his son's finished work on Calvary's hill. And when he looks at, see, if God didn't look at, if God decided to look at you and he didn't look at you through, through his son, he couldn't look at you. God would not look at you if he couldn't see you through his son and the finished work of what he prayed. Because God hates sin. And he would see you in your non-perfected state. But see, every time God sees you, he sees you through the completed work of what his son accomplished for you. And when God sees you through his son, he sees you as the creation he created you to be. Perfected and complete and whole. God sees you as whole and complete. Think about that when you're feeling messed up and you've made a mistake and you've got to get back up and repent and go to God. Remember, if you're a child of the living God, God sees you through His Son. So we go to the Father. We pray in the name of Jesus. He's the door. And the Holy Spirit... Who is the Holy Spirit in our life? He is our comforter. He's the revealer. He's our intercessor. He prays with us. He prays for us. When we go to God through Jesus the door, we go with the Spirit who shows us how to pray, who teaches us, who comforts us, who reveals us and gives us what we need to know to live this life that He's planned for us to live with God. God is on the throne room of heaven, but He sent His Spirit to live and make His abode in us. And Jesus, our high priest, is all authority that we have in Jesus. We have it all in the Lord, in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. We have everything we need to live the life He's planned for us to live. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Woo! You're looking at one blessed dude up here. I've got the Father. I'm a Father. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I've got the Son who died for my, in my place. And I have the Spirit who intercedes and pleads for me to the throne room of God's grace. Sounds like a God I want to serve. How about you? Oh, let me finish. Can I finish? Are you all right? One, just one more nugget. One more little nugget. I got to give you this. See, I, don't, I only got to preach half the message first service. Had to let it go. Just ran out of total amount of time. So y'all got to post this one on the internet. And I'm going to get it all done here. I got one more thing. Look at verse 28. We're going to close with the last verse. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. This verse gets mistaught so much. 
This verse says this happens for those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. So this verse does not apply to everyone, even though it's been used to try to convince unbelievers that God is controlling the circumstances of their lives. That is not the message of this verse. And this verse does not say that everything that comes our way is from God. It does not say that. It's saying that the Lord can work it together for our good through the intercession of the Holy Spirit if we love God and if we're called according to His purpose. Romans 6.16 clearly states that if we yield to the devil, we become the devil's slave. The false teaching that nothing happens to us but what God wills or allows has caused too many people to yield to Satan's bondage instead of resisting Satan. James 4 and verse 7. People may share experiences where they learn great lessons through tragedy. Some of you have gone through great tragedy and you've learned some great lessons. And some of you would say and argue the fact, well, I had to go through that elsewise. I would never learn what the Lord wanted, wanted to accomplish in my life. So God ordered great tragedy in my life. And I would say, whoa, be careful with that kind of teaching. I'm not, I don't believe that's the heart of the Word of God, that what the Bible teaches. I'm not saying God can't take some messed up tragedy in your life and turn it for good, because that's the kind of God that we serve. He can take up your messed up, broken, bad decisions, things that you should have never walked through, and He can turn it for your good, because that's the God we serve. But be careful to say that God made you go through that. Because the Bible teaches, and I don't have this on the screen, so I want you to write it down. I added this last night before I could go to sleep. 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when, we, listen, it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Although not ordained by God for our good, we will experience tribulation, no doubt. Therefore, we can and should learn from trials. But God's word could have taught us the same thing with a whole lot less grief. I'm saying that if some of us would have dared to listen to God's word and obey his voice and obey his word, we could have been spared a few of the messes we've been through. Those who believe God brought them problems to teach them something probably don't see this exactly correctly. Romans 8.28 is promising that when we let the Holy Spirit intercede through us with groanings that cannot be uttered, then we can rest assured that regardless of what the devil brings across our path, God can turn that situation around and work it together for our good. Stand with me and we're going to pray. Don't, don't leave for just a moment. I want to pray with you. I'm going to turn you loose quick. Let's thank him right now for his word. Lord, I praise you. I thank you that we have a prayer partner, the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, 
that we have someone who prays with us and for us and intercedes for us, Lord. I thank you for your people. They're wonderful to teach to and minister to. May we be a people that spend time seeking your will for our lives and trusting that you know what is best. Thank you, Lord, you didn't leave us comfortless, but you sent your Holy Spirit as our comforter, our revealer, and our intercessor. And we give you praise in the wonderful name of Jesus. In the wonderful name of Jesus. Lord, those that are here today, maybe our guest, maybe are new to our fellowship, new to our church congregation, Lord, I pray that your spirit will move in their hearts and lives, wherever they are with you, if they don't know you, that they will come to know you. You who are life and strength to us, Lord. That we'll live by the power and the presence of God all the days of our lives. Lord, those that may be new to us, let them feel so welcome to come and share and we can grow up in God together in the strength of the Lord. I bless the people of God now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. You are dismissed. Have a great day in the Lord.